Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Hello, my friends. I want to start off today's episode with an apology and uh, just a kind of a funny little thing here. I feel terrible. I had some voice messages that I did not know were there waiting for me for almost a month. In fact, I think one might have been waiting for more than a month. Uh, Two lovely listeners called in and left voice messages, and I've been asking for folks to do that. Um, You're you're welcome to call in and leave an up to one minute voice message through my listening page on anchor.fm. And that's, you can check the show notes if you're interested in leaving a voice message yourself. But I'd been asking folks to call in and, and leave messages, and I'd answer their questions, and I... I neglected to understand fully where to actually access and find these voice messages. So it turns out that two had been waiting for me and I feel terrible. So I want to thank so much Zena and Kiara for leaving voice messages. Unfortunately, Kiara's, I was unable, the sound quality was a little bit off and I was unable to get the full extent of her question, which I believe had to do with stomach pain. And uh, in that case, if it is a specific condition like stomach pain, I mean, definitely speak to your your doctor if you're concerned about something going on with your uh, digestive system. However, I can tell you that just some time-honored remedies if you're having stomach aches uh, include ginger tea, peppermint tea, and fennel tea. All of those things can be really, really soothing. But other than that, again, with the sound quality and with the um, just the time that was allowed for the question and the question itself, I don't know if I have the best answer for that besides those delightful herbal teas. But I do want to play Zena's voice message right now because I just really appreciate it. So after I play Zena's voice message, I am going to move on to today's topic, which is the next chapter of my book, which is a great one. It is all about kegels. So let's listen to Zena's message and then we're going to move on with our reading of Lady Bits. We'll be reading today chapter seven, which is kegels, good, bad, or indifferent. So here's Zena and then we'll move on with the book. Hi Brie, just wanted to say the podcast is great. Can't wait for all the new episodes and listening to your book. It's been a lifesaver for me. And I'm looking forward to going forward now after having the partial uh, rectocele diagnosis. Thank you for everything. Okay. Thank you again, Zena, for leaving that message. I so appreciate it. And again, if you would like to leave a message of your own, just check the show notes for details. So let's move on to chapter seven of my book, Lady Bits. And this one is all about kegels. So let's just dive into it. Kegels are the underdog of the exercise world. People don't really like to talk about them, don't like to do them, don't remember to do them, and many don't really get why they need to do them in the first place. Others do hundreds of kegels each day and wonder why their bladder control problems seem to get worse and worse. All of this comes down to a lack of understanding. I'll explain, but first let me provide a little background about kegels. 
Not everyone even knows what a kegel is, do you? When I asked Mary, 62, to describe how to do a kegel, she said, only half joking, first of all, I need to know, what is a kegel? It rhymes with bagel. Is it served in a deli? No. (laughs) Kegel is the common name for a pelvic floor isolation exercise in which you contract and relax the muscles of the pelvic floor. Kegels are named after Dr. Arnold Kegel, a gynecologist who developed these exercises as a way to help women improve bladder control after surgery and childbirth. Dr. Kegel invented a device called the perineometer, that's a tough one to say, perineometer, an instrument that was inserted vaginally to assess the amount of pressure a person could exert with a pelvic floor muscle contraction. He researched the pelvic floor muscles for years, completing multiple studies and working with hundreds of women. His pelvic floor strengthening methods were successful. Many patients reported a decrease in urinary incontinence, and as a side effect, women often reported enhanced sexual appreciation. This sparked interest within the fitness world and the world of women and kegels, probably the world of men too, by the way, and kegels became a buzzword for females who were pregnant and postpartum. Kegels remain an important piece of perinatal education today, although women are rarely specifically educated about when and how to do kegels correctly, other than the stern advisory to do them. And this is a side note right now, me popping in with a little add-on to my book. I was actually just watching a funny little YouTube thing about couples react. So there's these different videos on YouTube where they have, you know, teenagers react and kids react and couples react. And there was one just very recently about couples reacting to Gwyneth Paltrow's um, new show and, and some of her products on Goop. So Gwyneth Paltrow has a website called goop.com and she also has a show now and she offers lots and lots of products and she's done a lot of talking about sexual you know, pleasure and sexual devices, uh, strengthening devices, jade eggs and things like that. So she has actually been a real uh, mouthpiece, I guess you'd say, because you know, using her influence and her celebrity to really promote the world of female pleasure and female pelvic health. And you can, you know, have your opinions on Gwyneth Paltrow and her her ways and the things she talks about. But I will say that uh, it was shocking to me to first of all see the um, just the responses of just regular folks, regular couples who were reacting to Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, information she'd been sharing, they, a lot of them were absolutely, had no awareness of the importance of, you know, pelvic floor health and pelvic floor stuff and, and pelvic floor strengthening and pleasure and all of that. They were, it was definitely not something that was something they thought about or something that was in their mainstream line of consciousness. And uh, there was one woman who was really open to it and had obviously, you know, done some of her own research as well, but she was definitely in the minority. And one of the younger gals, she really had no idea, like, you know, she sort of knew that kegels were a thing, but didn't really know much about them or what they were, anything like that. And I realized that you know, once again, it was just a startling realization that although this is my industry and this is my world, I am definitely still, and and we, you know, you as a listener here, we are probably still in the minority of people who really understand the value of this conversation and the importance of this conversation. And so I really honor you for being here and listening. And if you're someone who's new to 
the pelvic floor conversation, you know, good for you for having an open mind and listening and starting to educate yourself because this really is an important conversation and an important topic. So uh, we are among the, I guess we're in the forefront of the people really starting to openly talk about it because before, you know, Kegel talked about it long ago and then it just sort of was relegated to, well, do Kegels with pregnancy, but no one really knew what Kegels even were or how to do them. And I think just now, just now, there's starting to be, you know, more talk and celebrities are talking about pelvic health and pleasure and all of this. And I, I really think the tides are changing, but we're still in the forefront of it right now. So high five to us. Okay, moving on with the book. Uh, let's see, turn in the page here. So Dr. Kegel's extensive studies found numerous benefits associated with the program of regular Kegels. The following list of benefits is summarized from his breakthrough study, a non-surgical method of increasing the tone of sphincters and their supporting structures. Dr. Kegel concluded that among patients who did Kegels correctly and diligently, the following progressive changes would occur. Establishment of awareness of function of the pubococcygeus, which as you remember from last chapter is part of the pelvic floor. A slight gradual increase in perineometer pressure readings from a level of one to five millimeters of mercury to as high as 20 to 40 millimeters of mercury or more. Muscular contractions felt in areas where none could be demonstrated initially, especially in the anterior and lateral quadrants of the vaginal wall. Improvement of tone and texture of the tissues of the pelvic floor. Increased bulk of the pubococcygeus and its visceral extensions. Changes occurred in the position of the perineum, comma, introitus, which is the vaginal entrance, urethra, bladder neck, and uterus in relation to an ideal line dra- drawn between the os pubics and the coccyx. So essentially, he was getting the, right here what we're saying here is that um, things were coming back into place. The vaginal canal became tighter and longer. The vaginal walls improved in tone and firmness. Bulging of the anterior vaginal wall, often diagnosed as a moderate cystocele, became less pronounced. Uterine prolapse, when present, usually improved. In some instances, the cervix ascended to as high as five to, cent- five to seven centimeters above the introitus, which is, again, the vaginal opening. Supportive pessaries worn for as long as 10 or more years could usually be discarded without return of discomfort. And patients could be fitted with smaller contraceptive diaphragms. So despite these findings and the findings of numerous more recent studies completed by subsequent researchers, the value of Kegels remains controversial. Some practitioners caution all women to avoid isolated pelvic floor strengthening. Among those who promote Kegel exercises, there is debate over the exact number of Kegels women should complete per exercise session, as well as how often Kegels should be completed. Some sources encourage hundreds of Kegels every day, whereas others suggest only 5 to 10 repetitions. Some recommend doing Kegels rapidly, others recommend holding the contraction for long periods of time, and still others recommend a combination approach of both quick and slow Kegels. To be perfectly honest, the Kegel prescription is a mess. Other controversial issues include whether or not a biofeedback device is required or even helpful for pelvic floor muscle training, whether or not vaginal weights or cones should be used for resistance, and whether or not an examination by a gynecologist, nurse, midwife, or women's health physical therapist is needed to ensure that women are doing kegels correctly. 
On the last topic, I can tell you with certainty from the literature and from my own experience that many women who think they're doing kegels correctly are not. And an examination from an experienced provider can be very helpful to confirm whether or not you are, in fact, doing them correctly, and also to determine if they are safe exercises for you to do in the first place. So here I have a little heading here that's as if you're talking to me. So it says, but I've heard that kegels are bad, dot, dot, dot. And here's my response. I believe that when kegels are done right, so in other words, when the proper muscles are being isolated, when the pelvic floor is fully relaxed after each contraction, and when they're used within the context of an active lifestyle full of healthy, natural movement, that kegels are healthy and beneficial for most, but not all women. An active lifestyle is the way nature intended us to move. Lots of walking, squatting, lifting, pushing, pulling, and standing and sitting with proper posture. Also avoiding excessive sitting and slouching on couches or chairs in front of artificially lit screens. I acknowledge that some women have overly tight active pelvic floor muscles, and for these individuals, kegels should be avoided. Keep reading to see if you fall into this category. I also know that if you're going to do kegels, you must do them responsibly. Make sure you understand how to do kegels correctly and make sure you're balancing your pelvic floor muscles by strengthening the rest of your core muscles as well, the buttocks, hips, abs, back, and breathing diaphragm. The exercises in this book will show you how. So kegels aren't bad, dot, 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 but are they necessary? That's written in bold as if you're asking me a question. Uh, My answer is yes and no. My approach to Kegel exercise is balanced. You might be shocked to hear me suggest that Kegels may not be necessary since I preach the value of core and pelvic floor fitness in my FemFusion classes, in this book, and on my website. But just like most things in life, there are two sides to the Kegel story and the following point deserves driving home. Movement is necessary. Kegels are not necessarily necessary. All movement relies on the core and pelvic floor to provide stability and control. So if you walk, squat, jump, pull, push, lunge, and rotate regularly, you'll naturally be toning and using these essential muscles all day long. As biomechanist Katie Bowman says, pelvic floor health depends on natural movement. For example, walking, squatting, kneeling, lifting, and changing positions throughout the day. She calls this movement nutrition, stating that how we move and the quantity and quality of our movement is just as important as the foods we put into our body when it comes to health and wellness. In fact, the very active movement helps us assimilate the nutrients we receive by way of food. Movement stimulates blood flow to circulate and helps us utilize the nutrients we consume, and the load that we put on our bones and joints helps us build and maintain bone density, again, allowing us to properly utilize the nutrients we ingest. So check in with yourself. Are you getting enough movement nutrition, or is your body hungry for more? So if we lived in an ideal society, moving in the ways and in the quantities that humans were designed to move, then our pelvic floor muscles would naturally be kept vital, supple, and strong. Here are some examples of this ideal utopian society as far as movement is concerned. We would be moving regularly throughout the day, changing positions often, bending, squatting, standing, sitting, walking. We'd be performing manual labor and active activities of daily living. For example, working in the garden, hunting or gathering food, cleaning and maintaining the home without the use of modern technology. We'd be squatting when using the restroom. We'd be lifting, pushing, and pulling objects of all sizes, heavy and lightweight. 
We'd be walking, running, and actively playing with our children, simply moving more without being tethered to our modern technology that tends to keep us motionless and fixated on our device. We would be giving birth naturally when our bodies are ready, without modern medical intervention such as episiotomy and or synthetic oxytocin, which can be medically necessary and even life-saving, but is argu arguably overutilized in modern society. We'd be living life unencumbered by excess body weight or obesity, which does contribute to pressure and strain on the muscles of the core and pelvic floor. And I'm going to add in something into this list. So this is me revising my book right now. I would absolutely add in that we would be receiving help from our community after giving birth. So we wouldn't be necessarily lifting, pushing, pulling as early as we are expected to do all of those things after we give birth to a baby or have a c-section uh, we are expected to do so much so soon and especially for a society which you know doesn't move as much as we probably were designed and intended to move it's just crazy that we go from this fairly sedentary lifestyle to a major life event, really a trauma, <laughs> such as giving birth, and then we're expected to care for this baby and you know use all of the heavy baby equipment that we have in these modern days, the carriers and the this, that, and the other thing. We would receive help from family, from friends, from community. So in my ideal pelvic floor-friendly utopia, that would also be 100% a part of it. Okay, back to the book. So if we lived and moved in these ways, most women, most women would retain well-functioning pelvic floor muscles, not to mention the rest of the body, into old age. We would be less likely to develop pelvic organ prolapse. We would be in control of our bladders. We would retain the natural reflexes that cause the pelvic floor muscles to assist the urethral and anal sphincters by reflexively contracting before a cough or a sneeze to help us keep to help us stay dry and leak free. We would not need to do kegels. Unfortunately, for most modern women, due to a largely sedentary lifestyle, which leads to muscular disuse and or trauma during childbirth, we lose these natural pelvic floor reflexes over time. We also lose vitality in the muscles of the core and the pelvic floor, leading to a lack of sensation and responsiveness during sex. I do think that a shift in consciousness is happening. Most people today acknowledge and understand the importance of exercise and movement in terms of health benefits, and more and more people are interested in adopting a healthy, active lifestyle. But is the message taking hold? Is it being implemented? Are people really doing it? Not enough. We're not quite there. Thus, for many modern women, kegels are helpful when part of a balanced core strengthening program. The truth about kegels is that they are an important component of inner core fitness for many, but not all, <laughs> women today. However, the goal should not be to complete hundreds of kegels just for the sake of creating a strong pelvic floor. Rather, the goal should be to practice kegels regularly enough to ensure that the pelvic floor muscles can be activated quickly and effectively when needed. A secondary, but no less, and just so you know, the pelvic floor is always needed. It's always on. But what I'm getting at there is when they're needed to be a little bit extra on. And I'm going to get more into that soon. What type of everyday activities require pelvic floor muscle activation? Too many to list. The following is a sample of common situations that have challenged my and my friends and clients' pelvic floor strength. When you can activate your pelvic floor muscles quickly and effectively, you'll be able to... 
Hold your bladder during a long car ride when there's no rest area in sight. Join your kids or your grandkids on the trampoline without needing to change your underwear afterward. Prevent urinary leakage by bracing with a pelvic floor contraction before you cough or sneeze. Make it to the bathroom on time when you really have to go. Avoid leakage when laughter threatens to make you the butt of the old joke, I laughed so hard, tears ran down my legs. You'd also be able to carry a heavy box up or down stairs while maintaining core stability and dry underwear. You'd be able to maintain continence when you have to sprint across the street to catch a cab or when you're pulled across the park as your dog chases a squirrel. You'd be able to live a life unencumbered by low back pain because pelvic floor and core weakness can absolutely contribute to spinal instability and back problems. And finally, you'd feel confident that you have the strength, stamina, and coordination to use your pelvic floor muscles to enhance sexual pleasure. It's vitally important to acknowledge the importance of pelvic floor muscle coordination. I often hear women complain that they do Kegel exercises every day without relief from incontinence. When I inform these women that the key to pelvic floor fitness is not just how strong these muscles are, but how quickly and easily they can use them when they need them, so in other words, coordination, a light bulb moment often occurs and they say, oh, now I get it. It all boils down to understanding and connecting to your own pelvic floor. And again, understanding why we're doing those kegels in the first place. It's all about coordination, not just sheer brute strength. In the medical world, we call this neuromuscular re-education, but in real life, we just call it connection. So here is another little heading where I have it in bold and italic, and it's as if you're talking to me. So here it is. I'm a modern woman. I know I sit too much, so I'll just do a few kegels and then I'll be fine. No. As you proceed with this or any other core strengthening program that promotes inner core and pelvic floor wellness, keep in mind that kegels, on their own, are only part of the story when it comes to treating incontinence, preventing prolapse, revving up your sex drive, and improving back pain and balance. A comprehensive pelvic floor fitness program includes exercises for all of the muscles of the inner core, including the pelvic floor the deep back and abdominal muscles and the diaphragm, and the pelvic girdle, including the gluteals, adductors, and hip rotators. In order for the pelvic floor to work optimally, it must be surrounded and supported by strong muscles. A well-rounded program teaches you how to maintain strength and flexibility of all these muscles, and most importantly, teaches you how to use the muscles appropriately. So, who should avoid kegels? This is a really important section. I just want to highlight that for you, so listen up. Some women hold chronic tension in their pelvic floor and their muscles are short and tight most of the day. This often results in pain with intercourse, difficulty initiating urination, and a feeling of tension or, or pain in the pelvic area. If this describes you, please discontinue any attempts at kegels. Feel free to practice core breathing, which I'll describe in chapter 11, and the relaxation exercises found in chapter 21, but do not focus on kegels or isolated pelvic floor strengthening until you have consulted with a women's health physical therapist. Even if you don't have any sensation of pain or tension in the pelvic region, if you think you're doing kegels correctly but still aren't seeing results, seek the care of a women's health physical therapist. She can help you troubleshoot and determine an appropriate pelvic floor strengthening or relaxation slash down training program based on your individual needs. So I want to just give you a couple more things to think about here. If you feel numbness or just like nothing in your pelvic area, then that may be another indication that you're overly tense. Another indication is that you're doing kegels and things are just getting worse. 
So that's a really big one too. Uh, also, if you know that you have postural concerns, if you maybe um, tuck your butt under a lot of the day, if you tend to hold your buttocks tight when you're stressed, or if you just kind of notice that you're a butt clencher, that definitely is another indication that you may have excessive pelvic floor tension that you're dealing with, and you actually need to learn how to relax and release those muscles first before you can begin any pelvic floor strengthening that's really gonna be successful. Because again, our goal is not just strength, but also coordination. We need to learn how to relax, release, we need to learn how to activate the muscles when we need them to be a little extra on, and we need to learn how to let them go so that they they can just be at their comfortable, normal resting state. About a year ago, my body decided that it was done with caffeine. This was a huge blow because I love me my morning coffee, but it was super weird. I started feeling really jittery after my morning cup, and honestly, it didn't even taste good anymore. The exact same coffee I'd always had made in the exact same way just tasted different, really bitter and acidy. Uh, then I found Rasa. So Rasa is an herbal coffee alternative made with adaptogens. It helped me get off caffeine, and I love that it uses adaptogens, which are herbs that respond to your body's needs. If you need calming, they'll bring you down, and if you need energy, they'll bring you up. Adaptogens take time and consistent use to work in your body, so that's why I think drinking them every morning in my new daily brew is so brilliant. I recommend Dirty Rasa if you're trying to step down from coffee. This is a mixture of organic fair trade coffee mixed with the Rasa herbs. So it still has caffeine, but certainly less than a full strength cup of joe. Then you can move on to my personal favorite, which is Cacao Rasa. I steep this now every morning in a French press for about 10 to 15 minutes. And honestly, this forces me to do my morning movement and my journaling practice. So my Rasa is one of the secrets that I have for keeping up with my morning self-care rituals. I love drinking it with steamed non-dairy milk, and it's absolutely something that I look forward to when I go to bed at night. Besides all of that, Rasa is a super cool, small, woman-owned biz. You're going to love it. Head on over to bit.ly slash femtriberasa and use code femtribe to save on your first order. And the details are in the show notes. Check it out. All right, moving on. Focus on technique. Contracting and relaxing pel the pelvic floor muscles may seem simple, but surprisingly, many women who think they know how to do a Kegel are not utilizing the appropriate muscles when examined for technique. There are a few steps, and by the way, guys, this is about 50% um, of women studied have been shown to be not doing Kegels correctly when they think they are. They think they are because maybe they've read instructions or heard instructions, basic instructions from their, their doctor or just heard it around the internet, um, they're not necessarily doing it right. Many women are actually bearing down or maybe they're not releasing after the contraction or maybe they're not really able to access the contraction at all. Maybe they're clenching their butt muscles or pulling in their abs. Another thing that can happen right, commonly is that the abs are easier to feel because we're more familiar with the abs. So people may try to activate their core, but they're actually kind of squeezing their abdominal muscles, and that is actually going to create a downward force. It's going to create downward pressure. 
So that's actually problematic. That's creating issues in the pelvic floor itself. So you want to be sure that you know how to engage that pelvic floor so that when you are trying to activate your core correctly from the pelvic floor on up, that you're not actually just squeezing your abs, especially your upper abs, and pressing down because that's going to make your sit-ups It's going to make your crunches, it's going to make everything, first of all, less effective, and it's also going to make them less safe. Because if you think that you're, you know, engaging your core and zipping up from the bottom up, as I like to talk about, but you're actually just squeezing your upper abs and pressing everything down, not not a good situation. That's going to be potentially a recipe for pelvic organ prolapse over time. So really, really important stuff here. Okay, so... um, Again, going back to the book, there are a few steps to make sure there are a few steps you must take to make sure you're keggling correctly. If you're not completing kegels correctly, your strengthening efforts will be ineffective and you may actually be stressing your pelvic floor. So here's the exercise. Correct kegels. Let's do it all together. Lie on your back with a pillow under your hips and your knees bent. In the book, by the way, there is a picture, but I'm sorry you can't see it. So we have a a gal lying on her back. She actually has her hips up on a pillow, which is a great way to start if you'd like to. Uh, And she has her hands on her belly, and there's an arrow pointing from her pelvic area toward her head. So it says, lie on your back with a pillow under your hips and knees bent. Place a hand on your belly and breathe normally. Contract your pelvic floor muscles, the bottom of the bowl or the hammock that sits at the base of your pelvis, by squeezing and lifting the muscles as if you're trying to stop the flow of urine. You can also imagine that you're pulling a marble into your vagina and up toward your belly button. I know it sounds strange, but this is a great way to describe what the contraction portion of a kegel feels like. Now for the most important part. Fully relax the pelvic floor muscles. Completely let go. If you imagined pulling a marble into your vagina, relax by mentally allowing the marble to roll out. So another thing I'm going to just tell you, there's been actually some recent research that I read from a colleague that one of the most effective ways of cueing a correct pelvic floor contraction is actually to say squeeze your anus. So I love the cue of squeezing and lifting a marble, like you're pulling a marble into your vagina, but squeezing the anus is another really effective uh, cue, apparently, to patients when they were when they were studied. The key is though that you may feel some slight activation of your deep abdominals, but you shouldn't feel that you're overtaking with your larger muscle groups, like the butt muscles shouldn't be the main thing squeezing. And again, really, no one from the outside should be able to see you doing anything. So I'm going to go into that next. So ask yourself some questions. Did your pelvic floor muscles move downward when you tried to contract? Did you feel your buttocks clenching? So now these are all things that are not good. (laughs) So if you felt your pelvic floor muscles actually move downward or press downward or bulge downward when you tried to contract, this is very common actually, but it's not what we want. Did you feel your buttocks clenching? Were you holding your breath? Were you bearing down as if to have a bowel movement? Did your belly distend outward or did it draw in super strongly? Do you feel like your pelvic floor muscles are still tense? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you did not do the Kegel correctly. The aim of a Kegel is to isolate the pelvic floor muscles with with just a tiny bit of help, uh, co-contraction, from the surrounding muscles, such as the transverse abdominis, which is one of the deep abdominal muscles. Remember though, the primary movement comes from the pelvic floor muscles, not the buttocks or the abs. 
Also recall that the pelvic floor muscles are internal, so there should be no significant external movement as they contract and relax. Are you ready for the next step? This is another way to tune into your body and improve control and coordination of the pelvic floor. Recall that the pelvic floor muscles encircle three openings, the urethra in the front, the vagina in the middle, and the anus in the back. Use your body awareness, your internal compass, to locate and connect with the three zones of your pelvic floor. Although subtle, it's absolutely possible to differentiate between the three zones and to isolate each zone when you contract. Practice engaging the muscles around each opening separately without clenching your buttocks or tucking your tailbone under. Focus your attention around the anus and think of stopping wind or gas. Close the opening, then lift up and in. So again, that's that squeezing around your anus cue. Next, focus, and really, honestly, that's going to get a, a, a bulk of your pelvic floor muscles because of the way the anatomy is. But next, go ahead and focus on the vagina and or the urethra. Close those openings and then lift. Like think of your peeing area more. As, as before, be sure to relax fully after each contraction. So that's kind of fun to do. That's like ninja level. All right, here we go. Continuing on. Come on, take a look. Here I go again. You need to know your own anatomy better than your partner does. Grab a mirror and take a look. To make sure you're performing kegels correctly, use a handheld mirror as you lie in the position described above. So again, that was just lying down on your back. Uh, you can place a pillow under your hips and your knees are bent and your feet are flat on the floor. This is best done without underwear. As you contract the pelvic floor, the perineum, which is the area between the vagina and the anus, should move upward and inward toward your head. This is a tiny movement. If you see the perineum bulging outward and downward, stop here. You are not doing the kegel correctly. Read on for more information and then try again. As you relax the pelvic floor, the perineum should move slightly downward back to its natural resting position. Again, this is a super tiny movement. In addition to looking, don't be afraid to touch. This is your body. You need to know it. Lightly touch the perineum, the area between the vagina and the anus, while you perform the kegel. This can be done with or without underwear. Again, you should feel the perineum move upward toward your head as you contract and downward toward your feet as you relax. This is a very, very small movement. If the perineum does not move or if it bulges downward as you contract, stop here and keep reading for more tips before trying again. I highly encourage you to move on to the next level and actually insert your finger into the vaginal canal to really get a sense of where the pelvic floor muscles are and how they feel when you're performing a kegel. After you've inserted your clean finger, possibly lubricated for comfort, perform a kegel. You should feel the muscles surrounding the vagina gently clamp in and up around your finger. Note the strength of the contraction. Was it a tiny movement or was it strong like a baby sucking? Were you able to feel both the contraction and the relaxation phase? The goal is to feel both a distinct contraction and relaxation of the pelvic floor. Another technique involving tactile sensory input that can be very effective is the following. Lightly sit, and what I mean by that is straddle, the arm of a sturdy chair. So again, you're straddling the arm of a sturdy chair. Feel the surface of the chair lightly touching your perineum. Now squeeze and lift your pelvic floor muscles in an attempt to lift the skin of your perineum away from the arm of the chair. You should feel the perineum move upward toward your head as you contract and downward back toward the arm of the chair as you relax. Again, if it does not move or if it bulges downward as you contract, stop here and keep reading for more tips before trying again. 
One more that I'm going to add in here is if you're just sitting on a chair, so sitting on the seat of a chair, sit up really tall so you can feel your sitting bones underneath you and lean forward just a tiny, tiny bit from your hips. So you're hinging from your hips and feel the area between your sitting bones pulling in and up, so kind of squeezing that anus feeling and feel like you're using those muscles to lift a tissue off the, off the chair. So you're using those muscles to lift a tissue off the seat of the chair. That's a really great one. Okay, here we go. Continuing on with the book, the above techniques, looking and touching, are called simple biofeedback. They provide sensory information, visual and tactile, to the brain to help coordinate the command with the movement. If you're not able to perform a Kegel correctly, try concentrating on the following visualizations. After you've found one that makes sense to you or resonates, try the exercise again with one of the simple biofeedback techniques described above. So again, listen to these visualizations and then try touching or just feeling into your muscles and see, see what happens. So visualization one is called the flower. Think of your vagina as a flower that's wide open like a rose in full bloom. Contract your pelvic floor muscles, so in other words, pull them inward and upward, as you visualize the flower closing up tightly into a bud, like time-lapse photography going backward from summer to spring. Relax the pelvic floor as you visualize the flower once again coming into full bloom. Visualization two, the elevator. This is my favorite visualization for Kegels. Imagine your pelvic floor muscles as an elevator that stopped at the ground floor or the lobby of a building. Contract your pelvic floor muscles as you imagine the elevator doors sliding closed, and then lift your pelvic floor muscles upward as you imagine the elevator rising to the second or the third floor. Hold briefly at the top of the contraction. Release the contraction as the imaginator, imaginary elevator lowers and returns to the starting position, the lobby. Now, I actually prefer to do this not stopping at the lobby. I like to imagine that elevator going all the way down to the basement, okay? So that elevator goes all the way down to the basement. And then at that point, at the basement of this building, fully relax your pelvic floor muscles as you imagine the elevator doors sliding open. So really relax, in other words. Visualization three, the door. Imagine your vagina as a door that's wide open, letting in light. Visualize the door closing shut as you contract your pelvic floor muscles, pulling them inward and upward. Think of the darkness. Then visualize the door swinging wide open and letting the light back in as you relax the pelvic floor. Visualization four, the string. Imagine a string that's tied to your perineum and runs up through your belly button. Imagine pulling the string upward toward your head out of your belly button as you contract your pelvic floor muscles. Then imagine letting go of the string as you relax your pelvic floor. Visualization five, the silk handkerchief. Oh, you know what? We've already, we've already done that one. So we'll go ahead and move on. That's the, that's the tissue one. So where you're sitting on the chair, leaning forward just a little bit, and you're drawing the middle of the imaginary hanky into your vagina as if you're tenting it and pulling it up into your body. Then you release it, drop it gently back down, and imagine it fluttering down toward the floor. And I'm going to give you one more, just a quickie. Think of chocolate. So you can think of, this is more for the relaxation phase, but do your kegel. So do your squeeze and lift of the pelvic floor. And then when you're releasing, imagine your sitting bones releasing apart like chocolate melting or like butter melting. So just that real melting feeling can help you really relax and let go. Okay. So here is a fun little, a little tidbit in the book. 
It is, don't keggle when you pee. At some point in the history of keggling, word got out that women should do keggles while urinating. This is not true. The logic behind this theory is that since you use your pelvic floor muscles to voluntarily stop the flow of urine, if you can stop your urine stream, you'll know whether or not you can successfully contract and relax your pelvic floor. Here's the deal. It's okay to try a keggle or two while you urinate in order to check in to see if you're doing keggles correctly, to see if you can in fact stop and restart the flow of urine, but this is not something you should do on a regular basis. I repeat, this is not something you should do on a regular basis. Regularly doing kegels while urinating can lead to incomplete bladder evacuation, which can make your bladder feel like it's always full. You might think your bladder is the size of an acorn, but in reality, it's simply never fully empty. To fully empty your bladder, practice your kegel exercises when you are off the toilet. Also, many women tell me that they do kegels when driving. That's fine, as long as you can fully sense both the pelvic floor contraction and relaxation while also concentrating on the road. I find that when I do kegels while driving, sometimes sometimes something suffers. Either I'm not fully concentrating on my kegels and therefore largely wasting my time by doing half-hearted contractions, or I do concentrate on the kegels, which causes my mind to wander from the road. My speed slows, my car starts to weave a bit, not a safe situation. I realize that multitasking is appealing. However, focus is important for effective kegels and for safe driving. I do kegels professionally and I still need to concentrate. My guess is that you do too. All right, we are almost done guys. Hang in there for a little bit more. Uh, Putting it into practice, kegel variations. We just spent several pages ensuring that you can successfully isolate the muscles of the pelvic floor. Now let's discuss some practical Kegel Kegel variations. Quick Kegels are important to practice so that you'll be able to quickly utilize the pelvic floor muscles when you need them, for example, to prepare for a cough or a sneeze. The slow hold endurance Kegels are important for situations that require longer periods of pelvic floor muscle activation, such as jumping on a trampoline, running, or maintaining your balance, for example, during tree pose in a yoga class or when you're standing at the top of a ladder. Now, by the way, this is not to say, I just want to give a little check in here. This is not to say that you need to hold a kegel the entire time that you're going on a, on a, you know, five mile run. (laughs) I don't want you to get the impression that that's what I'm trying to say, but the endurance kegels will help give you that endurance in your pelvic floor because your pelvic floor is going to be active. It's not going to be a super intensely contracted kegel during a five mile run, but it will be active. And so that's why, that's what I was getting at with that um, sentence. Although the Lady Bits program does not require you require you to do kegels every day, quick and endurance kegels are incorporated into the inner core energizer routine. And in chapter 21, I describe how to use kegels during sex. Think of this kegel practice session as an introduction to things to come. Give it a try. I hope you'll try this right now, actually, as you're listening. We're going to do quick and endurance kegels. Lie down and take a personal assessment of your own pelvic floor strength. Complete one to three quick kegels, just as a check-in. If you're able to feel a strong contraction and a full relaxation when you're lying down, progress to a more upright position, such as seated or standing. When upright, sitting or standing, you're contracting your pelvic floor muscles against gravity. This is more challenging for your pelvic floor, but it will give you a better feel for how well you can use your pelvic floor muscles in the real world since your waking hours are generally spent upright. If you have difficulty sensing your pelvic floor muscle contractions upright or feel that your pelvic floor muscles are weak, do not progress to an upright position at this time. Rather, continue to lie down. Now for the kegels. 
For quick kegels, quickly contract your pelvic floor and then fully relax. Feel as if you're pulling an imaginary marble into your vagina when contracting and then let that marble roll out of your vagina when relaxing. Uh, you can also use any of the visualizations that we just discussed. Do this 10 times. For endurance kegels, contract, so squeeze and lift your pelvic floor and hold for 8 to 10 seconds and then fully relax the pelvic floor. Again, you can use that marble visualization or any of the other visualization techniques that worked for you. Complete five to 10 repetitions of endurance kegels, being sure to fully relax between each rep. So again, this is just practice. It's not something that you necessarily need to do every day, as long as you're getting plenty of movement and regularly completing the upcoming inner core energizer routine. The key is not to do kegels all day long every day, simply to make the pelvic floor muscles strong. Productivity is not the goal. Instead, the goals are to practice kegels with purpose and awareness so that you know how to activate and relax your pelvic floor muscles when that little extra boost is needed. So again, this is called neuromuscular re-education. That's what you're doing. That's what a kegel is. And also to understand how to use your pelvic floor muscles to support certain movements and exercises. In other words, proper body mechanics. And also to gain stamina for everyday activities since the pelvic floor is always on, albeit at a low level of muscular activation. One more check-in. As a reminder, the following are cues that you're not performing a Kegel correctly. You can see or feel your buttocks clenching. Your abdominals are bulging outward or strongly pulling inward. Uh, and that really means that your abs are working harder than your pelvic floor. You find yourself holding your breath, you're pushing or bearing down. Your symptoms, such as incontinence, prolapse, or pain, are getting worse and not better. Please do not be discouraged if it takes time to get the hang of it. As I said earlier, up to 50% of women are unable to complete kegels correctly with verbal or written instruction alone. If you feel that this is the case for you, seek out a women's health PT, a nurse midwife, a gynecologist, or a urogynecologist. These healthcare providers have special training in the treatment of pelvic floor dysfunction, including underactive, overactive, and poorly coordinated pelvic floor muscles. They can help you locate your pelvic floor and find a pelvic floor strengthening or relaxation program based on your strength level and your specific needs. In time, you can return to this book to augment the program they have provided. Phew, that was a long chapter, you guys, but it was a really important one, and I hope that it gave you uh, just a sense of how to do kegels, you know, what kegels are, and also if you're doing them correctly and safely, because that really is the key. Uh, I just think there is a lot of misunderstanding, as I talked about earlier. So um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and read the review of the week and send you a reminder that if you'd like to leave me a voice message, a question, or or a little voice review, that would be super fun. I love hearing from you guys. And now that I know where to check them, I will totally be checking them all the time. So you can find out the information about how to leave a voice note in the comments. And I want to read you my review of the week. This is so special to me. I read every single review that I get and I literally do a little happy dance whenever I get a review. 
So this one is by CC by the Sea, and she says, I'm so grateful to have found Dr. Brie. She comes across as a caring girlfriend you'd cozy up with and share a warm cup of tea. Only this friend really knows her stuff. I love her podcast, YouTube videos, so much free content, as well as her very active Instagram. She's light, fun, inspiring, and cute as a button. Her dedication to helping us better understand, feel comfortable, and become one with our lady bits on a deeper level is clear. Thank you, Dr. Brie, for your light. Oh, and that just makes me so happy because honestly, that is my mission is to make pelvic floor fitness and just pelvic floor awareness. I want to raise pelvic floor awareness and make it really accessible. I want to make it mainstream and I want to make it fun. And so that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm here. And I, if you're listening now, that's why you're here too, because you want to spread the light too. So I hope you'll share this information with your friends, your family, your daughter, your sisters, etc. It's so important. And if you want any more information about, you know, how to get your hands on my book so you can actually see the pictures that are in there and, you know, read along with me, all of the information is in the show notes. So check that out and I'll see you next week. We actually next week have an interview, which I'm super excited about. So stay tuned. It's going to be a really, really good one. Until then, shine on my friends. Thank you for listening to the entire show. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. Let her know how it helped you and what you learned and why she might like it too. And if you would like a free downloadable video portfolio that includes the inner core energizer routine that's found in my book, Lady Bits, plus the first seven days of my ab camp series, simply leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and then send a screenshot of, re- of your review to me, Brianne, at femfusionfitness.com. Again, that's Brianne at femfusionfitness.com. I will personally get back to you with your free downloadable video portfolio. I will see you next time. And remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit.